Hey friends, welcome back to another Leroy UMC podcast. Happy Easter. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Today, we don't like to talk about death, and often we have a hard time facing it. But as we've seen, Christ was very intentional about turning to face his death, and in so doing, he actually found that facing death has many virtues. But Easter shows us that the reason Jesus could prepare to die so intentionally is because God had been preparing for him to live. The resurrection had been predicted, prophesied, and even anticipated. Let's send it over to Pastor Matthias. Friends, this morning is Easter. Uh, This is the morning Christ leaves the tomb. We have followed Christ on his journey towards Jerusalem. We have celebrated as he triumphantly entered the city of Jerusalem. We have broken bread with him. On Monday, Thursday, we have grieved with him on Good Friday, and now this morning we have gathered together to go to the tomb and see what there is to find. And so, friends, this morning for Easter, our scripture comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 1 through 12, and then skipping over to verses 36 through 48. Uh, All of this happens on Easter Sunday, on the same day, first in the morning and then later on in the afternoon. Friends, listen now for the word of the Lord. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in white clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you back in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others, It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. And bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. And while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I, myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. 
Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Friends, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Christ Jesus, we have come to this morning to hear words of new life and words of new beginnings. And so, Lord, only your Easter story and only your words of renewal will do. So, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Halfway through the gospel story, a shift happens. Somewhere about halfway through, the story of Jesus Christ shifts away from Jesus' public ministry up in Galilee, away from big miracles in front of crowds and teachings to the masses, and the story instead focuses on Jesus' journey towards Jerusalem, towards more private conversations and predictions about what is to come. It's basically a moment when the whole gospel narrative pivots and changes directions, when the characters all start moving closer and closer towards Jerusalem, when the story starts building and building towards the drama of Holy Week, and when Jesus Christ begins preparing himself to die. It looks a little bit different in each of the four Gospels, but the moment is in all four of them. In John, it happens right after Jesus raises Lazarus from the grave, and the religious elite finally decide that he must be done away with. In Mark and Matthew, it happens when Peter becomes the very first person to recognize that this is the Messiah, and Jesus responds by immediately giving his first prediction that he will be arrested and killed. But it's in the Gospel of Luke. I think you best see that shift in the story on display when Luke tells us in chapter 9 that Jesus turned his face toward Jerusalem. That's a great visual for it. Jesus turned his face toward Jerusalem. And what I think I love most about the way Luke depicts that shift in the story is the way Luke captures how intentional the moment it is. This is a very deliberate act. Jesus very carefully, knowingly, intentionally turns his face, turns his gaze, turns his attention towards Jerusalem, and more importantly, towards the cross. It's almost as if Luke wants to give us a very clear sense that for Jesus, Holy Week was not an accident. The cross was not a random event, and death was not something that caught Jesus by surprise. He anticipated it. He turned his face toward it. He prepared for it. To put it simply, halfway through the gospel of Jesus Christ, the story 
shifts when Jesus turned his face toward Jerusalem and began to intentionally prepare himself to die. Now, we have been talking a lot about death over the past few weeks. For any, any new visitors or anyone who may not have been able to join us, all throughout Lent, we have been going through a worship series that we've been calling Living for the End, in which we have been following Jesus on that journey towards Jerusalem and have been looking at all the different ways that Jesus very purposefully prepared himself for, for the end, for the cross, for death. And I have to admit, it has not been an easy subject to talk about. Today, our culture does not always handle death particularly well. Today, death has become a very uncomfortable, even sensitive subject, something that we only talk about with certain people at certain times. More than that, today, today we live in a very advanced, modern society in which many people have come to expect medical miracles for anything and everything, and so we think of death as something that we don't always have to deal with or have to think about, at least not until we're forced to deal with it. There's always some distance, or at least the illusion of distance, between us and death. And as a result of that discomfort and that distance, it has become so hard for many people today to talk about death openly and honestly, hard for people to process death, hard to know what to do about death. It has become so hard for people today to turn their face toward Jerusalem. But somehow Jesus does it. Somehow, halfway through his story, Jesus turns to face it. Because if you can't understand death, you can't understand Easter. And if you can't face death or prepare for death, you can't truly live either. That's the beautiful thing that Jesus begins to show his disciples after his story shifts, after he turns his face. And that's what we've been talking about, about how facing, thinking about, talking about, being honest about, even preparing to die can sometimes be the most powerful way to live. Sometimes it's death that reminds us that our time is not endless. And so sometimes it's death that challenges us to use every bit of each God-given day that we have, to not take anything for granted. Sometimes it's facing death that forces us to reevaluate our priorities, to really think through what really matters to us, as Jesus does when Lazarus dies. Sometimes it's death that pushes us to think about our legacy, about what our life really means to others, as Jesus does at the Last Supper. And sometimes it's death that forces us to let go of our illusion of always being in control of everything and instead to let go and trust in God to catch us, like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane 
Today, we may have become uncomfortable talking about it and figured out ways how not to deal with it, but if there is anything Jesus has to teach us after his story shifts towards Jerusalem, it's that sometimes it's when we start preparing to face the cross that we start to truly, fully live. And the miracle of Easter morning is that when death finally does come, after Jesus does go to the cross, after the tomb is sealed, Easter shows us that Jesus is not the only one in the story who's been preparing. That's something else that the Gospel of Luke captures a little bit better than any of the other three. Before Easter, Luke emphasizes how intentional Jesus is about preparing for the cross and about how intentionally facing the cross helped Jesus live more intentionally. But when Easter morning finally arrives, Luke emphasizes how intentional God has been about preparing for the empty tomb. It's something that Luke hints at all throughout his account of Easter morning, but maybe you see it best in the afternoon when the risen Christ himself comes to the disciples and explains what just happened. This is what I told you while I was still with you, Jesus says. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And don't pass over that detail. Sit and think about that for a minute. Think about what that says about what God has been thinking about, dealing with, preparing for, and for how long. Jesus may have been preparing to die since chapter 9, but God has been preparing for Jesus to conquer death since Genesis. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He goes on. This is what was written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. All of it was written. All of it was thought through. All of it was prepared. Long before Jesus had been preparing to die, God had been preparing Jesus to live. That may be the real twist. In Luke's account of Easter Sunday, that may be the real joy of this morning. The gospel story doesn't just capture how intentionally Jesus had been preparing to face the cross, to face death, but the gospel story captures how intentionally God had been preparing all along for there to be chapters in the story after the cross. It captures how carefully God had been planning for there to be more reason to rejoice on Easter Sunday than to grieve on Good Friday. It captures how intentionally God had turned his face and his attention toward preparing not just for the reality of death, but for the reality of new life. From the beginning of it all, God had been preparing to make a shift in all of our stories by making life, not death, into the last word of the story. 
That, I think, is how Jesus can turn his face toward the cross, can prepare for death. Halfway through his story, Jesus can begin to very honestly face the fact that his time is not endless. Jesus can begin to openly and freely talk with the ones he loves about how he won't always be there. And Jesus can not only prepare for death, but in preparing, Jesus can find all kinds of reasons to fully live, to live intentionally. And Jesus can do all of this because the good news of Easter is that long before Jesus was preparing to die, God was preparing Jesus to live. And not just Jesus, but all of us. It's true, you have to admit, many people today are uncomfortable talking about death. We don't want to think about it, we don't want to deal with it until we have to. Sometimes it feels like today death has become an ominous shadow that some people live in the anxious, uncomfortable fear of. But the good news behind Jesus' turning his face the good news behind that shift in the story, the good news behind Easter, and the good news that is somewhere at the center of our gospel and our faith is that we don't have to be uncomfortable with it, don't have to avoid it, don't have to be shaped by it. We don't have to live in fear of it. Because Easter proves that long before we ever knew it, God had been preparing us to live and live for things that are greater than the shadow. And I'm not just talking about living someday in a happy heaven. I'm talking about even living now, living with purpose, living without fear, living intentionally, living fully. More than that, that is good news that even goes beyond death. There are all kinds of shadows and shifts that our story might take that we might be uncomfortable with, that we might not want to deal with, might not want to face. Our story can shift when we have to face a disaster, face unemployment, face a diagnosis, face a change, face a loss. There are all kinds of shifts that we might not want to talk about or face but whatever it may be, Easter Sunday proves that long before our story ever shifted, our God was busy preparing for new chapters, new days, new chances, new plans, new empty tombs, new life beyond it. And it's because of that Easter hope that we can turn to face any Jerusalem and prepare for any cross because whatever it is our God has already been preparing you for so much more that's the hope that Easter has to give us Easter holds the hope that like Christ we don't have to be afraid to turn toward Jerusalem Easter holds the hope that following in Christ's footsteps, we can not only prepare ourselves for any cross that might come into our story, 
but by intentionally preparing for it, we can find new reasons to intentionally live because above all, Easter holds the hope that long before we were preparing for any shift, any change, any challenge, any cross, any death, our God was already preparing us for new life. And thanks be to God for it. Amen. Friends, please pray with me. Christ Jesus, we have turned with you toward Jerusalem. We have followed you to the cross this Lenten season. We have been to your tomb this Easter morning. Now, Lord, show us the plans that you have been making and the new life that is possible now. Christ, give us the hope and the strength to turn and face whatever shadows and whatever shifts in our story that we might dread or worry about this morning. And give us the faith to know that you have already been preparing us for a life beyond it. Christ, help us to prepare for the end. And in living for the end, help us to find our reasons to truly live. Because you have already been preparing us for Easter. And for the new start, the new chance, and the new life that it promises. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Again, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you are blessed and that you are a blessing. Go in peace.